From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. Hello, good evening. This is the last From the Pavilion of the season. Welcome along to the local cricket show where we round up all of the action from around the county in Cambridgeshire, discussing and debating all the key topics too. We are live and on today's show, Callum Guest and I will be taking a look back over an eventful 2020 season, all the highs, the lows and the funny moments too. Well, County Cricket Matters magazine editor Annie Che will be joining us too to review the Bob Willis Trophy final at Lords. We're previewing the T20 Blast quarterfinals, which take place tomorrow. That is Thursday. Of course, final stays on Saturday too. And Annie will also be taking on Callum in the last beat, the guest quiz of the season. Can Callum end on a high? And also for the final big question of the season, the big debate. I will be asking Callum, guest panellist Danny from Sawson and Babraham and Andy Haywood from Fenditton Cricket Club, what the state of Cambridge cricket could look like next season. Lots of chatter coming up about that, I'm sure. If you want to get in touch and contribute to that debate, you can do 07919 070490, the best place to do so. That's the number to text. Studio at cambridge105.co.uk is the email. And if you want to get in touch on social media, at ftpcricket105 on both Twitter and Facebook is the place to find us. More generally, we're at 105 Sport. We'll be checking both those feeds. So if you want to get in touch, please do. Thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Ollie Slack. I'm delighted as ever to welcome along my co-host from his uh, from his <laughs> residency, should we say. I think in Newmarket. Is that right, Callum? <laughs> yeah, that's right. How are you, mate? You well? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. I think it is fair to say the cricket season is, is generally over now. I mean, we said it last week. Um, and it was tipping it down, but yeah, no, no cricket. I saw across my social media feeds on the weekend locally. Although I did see local, but Sam Rippington I think was out in Hitchin uh, playing cricket. So I'd be amazed to see if there's any games this weekend. Either, but it does feel like the cricket season is now over. Um, let's yeah. let's have a, a chat then about the the 2020 season. Eh, end of the season. It's almost that sort of I guess sad time really when you've got ages to wait till next year. But what are your thoughts overall really on a pretty strange year? Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, it does feel as though it was uh, cut massively short. Um, obviously, having only half a season, but I think everyone just done fantastically well to, you know, to get this, to get any sort of cricket on at all. To be honest, so I'm grateful for that. But yeah, like you said, it's a long wait now to the next game. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I think you made the point in you a while back that it's a, a long winter, so you want to get in as much cricket as possibly you can do. Do you feel like you have got as much possible cricket as you as you have? Yeah, I think I think we were very lucky that last week's weather almost on on last Saturday was so bad that you almost felt oh, it's the right time to call it quits there the week before. So I think we did we done we done as best as we can. Obviously, I was lucky enough to be in a part of a team that got all the way you know to the final game of the season. So you know I think we just it, it maxed out almost and uh, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Any standout memories from the season? I guess locally, nationally, domestically. Uh, I'd say the, uh, the in terms of internationally, I suppose the England victory at Old Trafford was a was a fantastic. It was almost, you know, the team gets themselves into some holes sometimes. Obviously, Headingley the previous year in the Ashes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But the Pakistan, yeah, win. yeah, the Pakistan win, yeah, it was a it was a great win. Um, and then domestically, I think just it's a bit cliche, but being around the lads and uh, you know getting some sort of cricket on was just a great achievement by everyone. And uh, yeah, we're very grateful for that. 
Yeah, it's been as ever some some real great memories as as there always is with with a cricket season. Despite the fact, as you say, Callum, it's not perhaps has been as long as as many wanted. Um, but like I said, that the the secretaries of leagues have done the best they really can to get as much cricket on as possible. And it's been a funny year because we didn't really have a show for for half of it, or or a show to talk about actual cricket for the first half of the season. I think up until maybe around would have been with July time we were doing our From the Pavilion Lockdown podcast all sitting in our homes getting local guests on and just having a good old natter pointless conversations uh, about cricket uh, let's take a trip down memory lane and listen back to some of those best bits from this season's rather different at times From the Pavilion do you see much cricket being played this year? No, I don't see it I don't see any really being played to be honest I, can't, I, I just can't see it happening. I can't see where they're going to get to a stage in the next like couple of months at least where they think it's going to be safe. I think there's been a lack of education in cricket. I think there's been no real campaign or no real uh, drive towards removing any kind of racism in cricket. Sometimes when you're uh, sitting in an all-English, all-white change room, you can almost feel kind of isolated at times. Boris Johnson goes and announces that a cricket ball is a vector of disease, sort of squashing what would seem like all chances of playing. Yeah, I'm absolutely chomping at the bit to play again. <laughs> the CCA put plans together to start the season in August. At last, we had some pretty good news. The ECB confirmed that that green light had just been given. Yeah, like you said, fantastic news to get some, or well, hopefully get some cricket. It could be potentially be quite a good trial period for competitions to have a look at different ways they can go around their league system. The committee was unbelievable. I, I, I even admitted to them the other, the other day, like during the lockdown, I just completely lost interest. I was so disappointed about the season being called off. I thought, what would I like in the slips? And uh, I think you won a lot of chat there. A good bit of banter behind the stumps and uh, somebody maybe can get a bit of chirps going and uh, get in the bats in his head a little bit. So keeper, you want someone agile? I've got Ray Mysterio keeping. Uh, <laughs> I've gone um, Ricky Gervais as my wicket keeper. So I just feel like he's got the right build. I think he's got the right build for a wicket keeper. How you see those like village clips of like a wicket keeper, <laughs> like you can just short sleeves, sleeve yeah, um, <laughs> sort of strapped up, like bit of a gut, just sort of shirt hanging out. First slip, I've got Tiger Woods. Standing in the slips all day might not be so, so good for his back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll have to do a Trescoffic and kneel down. Yeah, you get a lid on. <laughs> yeah. Quite wide with the wicket keeper I've got. A wicket keeper I've got in James Corden. What's your go-to music then, the car then, Willow, on away days? Oh, do you know what? It's a, it's a good mix. It's, it's just a mix of everything. People ask me, oh, what's your favourite type of music? Could be anything. It could be from Backstreet Boys going to Bastille or something like that. It's an honour to welcome on to the show a World Cup winner, an England fast bowler, the legend that is Mark Wood. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Hello. Actually in the West Indies to get five wickets there, I think that was the big sort of turning point in terms of my self-belief, confidence to feel like I actually was an England player. There's plenty of positives coming out of that one day group, which remind me a little bit of the Ash inside I grew up in where we were all friends and you just sort of enjoy enjoy your time in the field, you have fun, you have a laugh with each other. Essex batsman and former Cambridge MCC U-man Rishi Patel. Rishi, thanks very much for coming on the show, mate. Real pleasure to chat to you. No problem, pleasure to be here. Max Holden, Middlesex batsman and former Cambridge man, joins us on the show. Max, thank you ever so much for coming on the show. 
no problem at all. Good to be here. They're all my cricket caps and the, the, the teams I've played for um, over the years. Obviously, the Cambridge Grants, the ones there, Friday Place in the middle up there. Um, <laughs> Dan Christian was in that team. He was bowling quite quick. So, like, I, I hit him like an on-drive down the ground and he was getting so stuck into me. I was like, oh, there's four of them. I don't know why I said it. Anyway, the next <laughs> ball, not like flush on the lid, knocked down, just there, just sort of dribbling on the floor. <laughs> that is the uh, no ball, I'm afraid, Callum. Captain the curveball there. Which England batsman? Oh my oh. God. That is unbelievable. He's the batsman. He's got the highest score, isn't he? Which England batsman? Oh, that is okay. Thank you to all my guests for coming on today's show. Ah, isn't it good to have cricket back? God, what a season. Callum, listening back to that, I just couldn't have sti- in stitches listening to Johnny Atkinson trying to take on Dan Christian, which is never, <laughs> clearly never good. But some, yeah, brilliant memories. Yeah, it's, the, it's almost like the roller coaster of cricket, isn't it? It's the <laughs> up and downs of the game. Um, in, one, in, in about three minutes there, you've managed to put that together really well. So, but yeah, it just shows... You know how far we've come in the last, say, six months, um, up and down. I mean, like we said in in April time, there was absolutely no chance that we were going to get any cricket on. Um, to now sitting here, we played. You know, most teams have probably played about twenty games over the actual period, um, including like Sunday friendlies and stuff. So, like we said, a fantastic effort, really. It's weird, isn't it? You almost forget the reasons, or perhaps we have done over the years, forget the reasons why we enjoy playing and talking about cricket so much. It's, you know, obviously everyone wants to win, but in a season like this, when there hasn't really been anything riding on it, it's really put the the main reasons why you love the game into like the fact that you get to spend you know time on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon in the sunshine during the summer with your mates, having a few drinks as well. I guess it's really highlighted, brought to light the the reason we like it so much. It's also that as well as it's a period of time in five, ten years' time you're going to tell people about this, you know, or in you know twenty-five years' time you tell people about you know the summer where we hardly got any cricket on, or where half a season was written off, um, and people just won't believe it. It's one of those it, add, it adds to another story, it's another point, uh, another point in time, doesn't it? So yeah, it's it's very interesting, it's funny. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and creating memories with your with your mates playing cricket is 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 always things you'll tell you, I guess, your family as you grow old as well. Uh, with regards to actually some of the stuff we heard there, I mean, having Mark Wood on the show, if you'd asked me at the start of the year, you can have a, an England fast bowler and World Cup winner on, on the show this year, I would have, well, I'd put your hand up, I said it wouldn't happen. But how good was Mark Wood? He was brilliant, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was brilliant. He had some stories to tell. Also, he brought, <laughs> brought it back down to, uh, you know, a real village level in terms of he speaks about his hometown club of Ashington and it was uh, it was really interesting to hear it's almost people can sometimes forget about I've said it before but people forget about international cricketers that you know they were probably just one of us at one point um, and then obviously his skills have taken him to that international level but he brought it back down and a lot of the lads that made his final 11s and stuff would probably be from his Ashington Ashington team you know just for their charisma and stuff like that so it just shows you really. Yeah it's great to get him sort of his, his aspect on the local community side of the game as well. And like you say, Callum, irrespective however much success he has in his career, he'll always remember those and always have those those moments when at some point he was probably struggling in the nets just as much as, as we do, or probably me more so than you. Um, but those sort of times as well. Um, and I think we're doing the show this year as well. It's been really nice to get a, 
a real gauge of the interest of the cricket scene in Cambridgeshire because I think it's only growing. I, I don't know whether you notice it, Callum, but you certainly get when players come on and we have a bit of a chat before we press record in, in the case of doing it at home. And you hear players say, oh, how, you know, talking about other teams, how they're getting on, chatting to yourselves. It was interesting. Um, you know, people really keen to talk about the future of the game as well and, and how they see it going. And also you, you get people say, oh, I listened last week and, and I, you know, I agree with this. And it's just great really to, to hear people interested in the cricket scene in Cambridgeshire. Um, I don't know whether you've yeah. you've thought of something similar as well. Yeah, no, for sure. I actually feel like that extended break away from the game has kind of you know re-energised people's like love for the game. Um, a lot of people have come into the game. I think we spoke about it during the lockdown period about this. You know, this period could actually get people away playing different sports, and maybe those lads that were thinking of retiring, you know, the older or the, the people who have lost a bit of interest in the sport. But actually, I feel like it's slightly gone the other way in terms of people who've almost re-energised and. You know, getting back, getting that love for the game back. I feel like they just realise how important it is to their own sanity more than anything. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly is. Uh, Nigel's been in touch. Thank you from the brilliant throughout the summer listening to the highlights. Makes me realise what a great job you guys done. More next year, please. Well, fingers crossed. I'm sure we'll be back next year. Charles said, Julian will be will be kept on, but I'm, I'm sure he's back in the, the cricket show. Uh, let's get a, a, just a couple of bits of news crossed off that we have to talk about, Callum. Uh, England women are playing West Indies. Well, pretty much they just started the match, but they're four 0 up. It's been a, a pretty easy, easy game for them so far, hasn't it? Yeah, they've been pretty dominant um, from what I've seen in the in the four fixtures. Um, slight slight class above maybe, but also a bit rusty match practice as well. I think plays a massive part in in these games. So you know, it could be a little bit of that involved in the West Indies performances as well. And with regards to the ECB contracts as well, Red Bull contracts for James Anderson, Joffre Archer, Stuart Broad, Rory Burns, Josh Butler, Zach Crawley, Sam Curran, Ollie Pope, Joe Root, Dom Sibley, Ben Stokes and Chris Wokes. White Bull Central contracts for Moen Ali, Joffre Archer, Johnny Bairstow, Josh Butler, Tom Curran, O Morgan, Adil Rashid, Joe Root, Jason Roy, Ben Stokes, Chris Wokes and Mark Wood. No real surprise really in any of those, uh, to be honest. The incremental contracts for Don Best, Chris Jordan, David Milan, and Jack Leach and pace bowling development contracts have been retained from Saki Mahmood, Craig Overton and Ollie Stone. Any real surprises in there at all, Callum? I guess, I mean, I saw an article today saying Johnny Bairstow's been left out of the test ball one, but I think that's consecutive times and I don't think it's too much of a surprise. Yeah, no, I, I feel like he's getting slowly coming further and further away from the selection. Um, there was always debate when he was in the team, is he playing as a batter, keeper? Um, they kind of got them slots kind of nailed down for the for the time being. Um, I suppose the only one was Mark Wood potentially with the Test match. Yeah, um, especially with the Ashes the to come. Match. With the Ashes to come, and I think we spoke about well, when he was on the show. We spoke to him about it, and I feel like he believes in himself and that he's one of the you know three fast bowlers that are potentially going to go down under and take on the Aussies. So I feel like it might have been a bit nice for him to get you know, that kind of backing from the ECB, but obviously they've got their reasoning behind not giving it to him, so that's fine. Yeah, funny one, that one. Uh, finally, PCA Award nominations have been announced. I'll give you the names of each category and you can tell me your winner. For the main awards, Zach Crawley, Craig Overton, Simon Harmer and Chris Wokes. Oh, uh, I'd probably go Zach Crawley. Yeah, generally if you perform well on the international scene, it elevates you mm -hmm. unless you've had an absolute stormer of a county season, which I guess... Craig Overton and Simon Hammer have, but imagine it's Zach Crawley. The young player of the year, Zach Crawley, Will Jacks, Tom Lamanby. Guess if guess if Zach Crawley is going for you at your main award, he should <laughs> win the young the one. As well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he's uh he's in the double bubble there. I yeah. think. Um yeah, no, deservedly so as well. I think even when he when he went back to county cricket, it was almost like he had that 
he just had that element of confidence and that air of confidence around him. He just ended up smashing it to all parts in the T20 stuff. So yeah, no, it was good to see. It almost just gave him that extra boost. And I'm going with Craig Everton, Tom Lamanby. <laughs> In the, <laughs> I wonder why that is. <laughs> <laughs> joking. In the women's game, Heather Knight, uh, Nat Siver, and Sarah Glenn. Sarah Glenn, a debut year as well. Yeah, I would. Nat Siver. Um, I like the way she goes about her cricket. She gives it a good whack. Um, she scored some runs the other night as well. So I'd, I'd give it to her. But I think Sarah Glenn. Sarah Glenn's got a good chance there. Yeah, I mean, even Heather Knight as well. She became the first woman to score. Uh, or male or female, in fact, to score hundreds in all formats of the game uh, at an average, and got, of course got an average of 64 in the T20 World Cup earlier this year as well. So some great nominees amongst all the categories there. Right, after the break, we'll be chatting a bit more about county cricket with County Cricket Matters magazine editor Annie Chave, and also she'll be taking on Callum in the latest Beat the Guest quiz too. From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. You're welcome back to From the Pavilion here on Cambridge 105 Radio. Uh, let's talk county cricket and round up the, the week's action. Start with the Bob Willis Trophy as Somerset took on Essex. And it was Essex, in fact, who ran out winners. I'd like to say Annie Chave joins us now to review the, the final. Thanks for coming on the show, Annie. Hello, hello. Nice to be back. How are you? You well? Yeah. I'm a little disappointed, <laughs> but yeah, you know. I was going to say good week, but given the result, probably not. Well, no, you know. <laughs> it, I mean, always, I hope, but we, we're always bridesmaids. Uh, I know, you, used to it by now. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. I say Essex beat Somerset, it was drawn. Um, let's just run through the scorecards. Somerset were put into bat by Essex, 301 all out. Essex replied with 337 for 8 from their 120 overs. Of course, there's a limit in this year's Bob Willis Trophy. Then Somerset, 272 for 7 and declared uh, with the well, the majority of the last day to go. Essex batted out for the draw, though, 179 for 6. Uh, Tom Lamanby, Alistair Cook and Eddie Byram with uh, centuries. Uh, Lewis Gregory got a handful of wickets. Uh, as well as did Sam Cook and, and Jamie Porter as well. Uh, what were your thoughts overall on the final, Annie? Well, you know, I mean, it, it, it was we had a brilliant Byram innings, um, and then we had God, a sublime innings by um, Cook, of course. Mm. Um, and then we had a six for for Gregory and another brilliant century from um, uh, that star Tom Lamanby. So, um, and, and a mixture of lots of fine bowling from Kirk and Porter and Overton. So, um, I mean, it had great, great content, didn't it? I mean, uh, we we also had quite a bit of tension. We uh, wondered whether Essex were going to overtake that first inning mm. score, um, which was, you know, for, for a time, a little, a little edgy when we got a few wickets. But um, that, for me, that's where it, it kind of goes wrong, because uh, once you... you once that target's reached, once they've got the first innings target, then all Essex needed to effectively do was um, park the bus. It's <laughs> uh, a great way of putting it. Just, well, yeah, and just knock off the runs. Um, uh, they didn't have to overtake that final, um, you know, that innings. So, um, yeah, it, it was a shame that it was kind of, it petered out to the end because it had yeah. everything, really. Now, say, I guess you've probably almost answered it in a sense, but was it a fair way to decide a final? That yeah. first innings total rule? Decide with the higher first innings total wins if it's a draw? 
<laughs> no, I, obviously, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I think it, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, I do, a final for a, 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 a league is um, just weird anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it should be an accumulation of points anyway. So um, I don't know. I don't know how they do it better. Do, um, it. It was a, a way of doing it, but um, I'm not sure. I don't think it made for a great end to the game, put it mm. like that. Yeah, I, I certainly agree. Like you said, it sort of petered out a little bit. Uh, with regards to the Bobolis Trophy as a whole, I guess it's been pretty positive. Um, you know, Lots of great reaction to it, but I guess we shouldn't forget the context of seeing this is in a, a season where we didn't think potentially we were getting any cricket at all. Um, mm. And I guess the reaction from, from players has been fairly mixed. I guess it's a job to know. I mean, Tom Abel came out and said he would prefer... Going back to the the two divisions, I think Stephen Finn was on commentary and hinted that he quite likes the the the, the three conference idea because there's less dead rubbers, which I'm I'm not sure is strictly true, um, given only two teams out of the eighteen went through to the final. Where do you sit on this? Are you quite keen to go back to the two divisions? Oh, definitely. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. Um, I think it. I don't think we should knock um, the Bob Willis Trophy set up at all this year. If if we have another year like this then, yeah, I mean, it would be fantastic to have the same sort of system because it's it's really difficult to know when we can get out there and play. And, sure. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, personally, I, I love the two-tier two system, so um, it wouldn't be for me, really. No, not at all, and certainly not um, regionalised either. I mean, yeah. you'd have so many similar games, wouldn't you? <laughs> You would, yeah, you exactly would. You've been up playing the same team pretty much every year, which is mm. one of the one of the shames about the uh, the T Twenty competition, etc. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's it's really interesting one. I think it's um, been to see out which way the ECB go over the next mm. weeks. Like, I get the feeling they quite like the idea of a showcase laws final, but I I I'm on, I mean, your camp, Manny, prefer the the two divisions. <laughs> uh, any particular I think highlight? They, they would like it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. Any particular highlights from the the whole county season as a whole, Annie? I mean, let, let's face it, there were loads and loads of um, highlights. It was a really lovely season. In fact, some brilliant games. Um, but to me, the real highlight is, is the blossoming of, of some of the younger players, like Lamanby, for example. Um, I, I believe 30 cricketers made their debut in, in the Bob wow. Trophy, which is, is um, really great. And and also it was great for the stalwarts like Darren Stevens, of course, and and Wayne Madsen. Um, so that was that was a, a fantastic thing. And also there were some really crucial partnerships across the way, you know. So and some fifers and sixfers. Um, so it was it was full of lots of things. Um, I don't have a definite highlight apart from, of course, Somerset getting through to the final. But, um, <laughs> well, like you said, the, you know. the, the number of youngsters get, getting through was, was certainly a great mm. to see. Um, let's look ahead to the, the blast now because the quarterfinals are tomorrow night. Just run through the mm. fixtures. Surrey take on Kent at the Oval. Sussex Sharks take on Lancashire Lightning at the uh, County Ground. Northamptonshire Steelbacks travel to Gloucestershire at the Bristol County Grounds. And Leicestershire Foxes travel to Knott's Outlaws at Trent Bridge. Out of those eight sides, Annie, who are you backing to make finals day, first of all? So which four teams have you got? Um, I'd go uh, Kent, Sussex, Gloucestershire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure about these, Edwards, um, and Leicestershire. Okay, okay. Uh, and, and, of course, this year, 
there's going to be no crowd for finals day, mm. which I think for, for more than anything in cricket, finals day with no crowd is perhaps going to be the biggest difference. I mean, we could sort of get used to it, the Bob Willis Trophy, and even test matches to an extent. I know, obviously, it's not the same, but you had that hum. But with finals day, the, one of the brilliant things about it is that atmosphere. How different do you reckon that's going to be for the players not having that crowd? Yeah, it's going to be massive, isn't it? I mean, uh, I've, I've only been to the finals day once, and oh, my God, it was um, not only is it, <laughs> really long <laughs> and endlessly um but it's so loud and vibrant i i don't think they can fail not to um be affected by it having said that they've played quite a lot of um cricket already without crowds so you know it, it won't be as bad as if they were just coming to the final without anything and yeah uh, the, the ipl can do it then you know uh, we can do it on finals day. It's just, yeah, it's a real shame. Let's hope so. Yeah, let's hope so whoever's doing the buttons has got Sweet Caroline on pretty pretty close to him, so he can press it fair, fairly regularly. Because I don't think Bumble will be too happy if it's not if it's not uh, played pretty loudly <laughs> across <laughs> across the ground. <laughs> uh, just just to quickly wrap up on, on other news as well, the ECB have confirmed changes are going to be made to the status of coal pack players, stating those players won't qualify as locals in county cricket from the start of next year as a result of uh, Brexit. Um, of course, this will affect the county game uh, both negatively and positively, I guess. Like Annie said earlier, with the the youngsters coming through, uh, but of course it means that some of those callbacks will be taken up as overseas players, and you're allowed. I think it's been two this year, maybe two next year, um, but they'll be taken up as some of the overseas players. Uh, Annie, lastly, who are you backing to win finals day? Sussex. Sussex. I am again, again. I mean, you're. I think Sussex. They've got to the uh, the final. They're always at the final finals day, so I think um, it could be could be their year. Um, let's bring Callum back into the conversation as well because it's time for the final Beat the Guest quiz of the season. And, oh, uh, God, I'm so bad. <laughs> you'll be fine, Annie. You'll be fine. Callum's, Callum's form over the last couple, well, few weeks has been not partly his fault because someone was covering for him, but he's, he's lost a couple over the last few weeks. Haven't you, Callum? Oh, good. Uh, dropped drastically. <laughs> Standards have dropped. Um, so this week, given it's the end of the county season... And of course, Annie's on from County Cricket Matters magazine. Um, we've got a, a list for you to name. We're amalgamating two lists into one. So we want you to name the top 10 run scorers and wicket takers in this year's Bob Willis Trophy. So there's 20 names to name. Uh, you'll take it in turns to give me an answer, a penalty shootout style likewise. So if, for example, you go first, Annie, and give me an incorrect answer, Callum will still have to give a right answer going second, and likewise vice versa. Um, does that all make sense? I, I can get that bit, yeah. Good, so good, good. So run we're looking scorers for, and wicket takers. Yeah, so we're looking for the top ten run scorers and wicket takers in the Bob Willis Trophy this season. Uh, Annie, would you like to go first or second as guest? Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go first, please. Okie dokie. So whenever you're ready, give me your first answer. I've got two bits of paper here with a list on, so I'm very organised this week, and I can highlight the <laughs> ones uh, that you get. So whenever you're ready, give me your answer. Uh, I'm going to go for Tom Lamanby. Tom Lamanby, first of all. Well, you are right. He's third on the list, Andy. You're right in there straight away. I'm going to go Simon Harmer. Over to you, Callum. Simon Harmer for the wicket takers, that is, I assume. Yep. <laughs> Which you don't have to <laughs> clarify yet. Simon, he's top of the list. He has uh, done very well, 38 wickets to his name this season. Annie, back over to you. Okay, sticking with Somerset, <laughs> I'm going to go for um, 
<laughs> I'm going to go for uh, Tom Abel. Tom Abel, he is there. He's down at eighth on the list with 386 runs to his name. Well, Callum? I'll join you with the Somerset and say Craig Overton. He's there. <laughs> you got you got the top. <laughs> you got the top two bowlers. I think Callum's te- tactic is to remove all the Somerset players before Annie can get them. Back over to you, Annie. Well, now I'm stuck. Oh. Uh, I'll go for uh, Porter, Jamie Porter. Jamie Porter. He's there. Yet yeah, fourth on the list. We're going well so far. Callum, back over to you. Uh, Lewis Gregory. Lewis Gregory in the list let's see if he's there uh, unfortunately Callum he hasn't made it I'm afraid <coughs> he hasn't made it he didn't he wasn't there enough no because of course away the England bubble uh, I hate to inform you he was 11th on the list for the wicket takers <laughs> that is gutting <laughs> what a cruel way cruel way to end the season and given you went second unfortunately that means that uh, it's over so. That is brutal. Oh no. <laughs> Annie, congratulations. <laughs> absolutely oh. I thought that was an absolute yeah. shoe in that one. Yeah, unfortunately not. I will well. Now the pressure's off. Do you wanna do you wanna run through some more names? Well, I could have gone Alistair Cook. You could. You could have gone a safe but Alistair uh, Cook top of the run scores, yeah. Sam Sam Cook. <laughs> Uh, Sam Cook is not there, I'm afraid. No, not in the oh, bowlers. No. There you go. Well, I would have, I would have left him out. Any, any, any <laughs> names you've, any names you've got? There's a couple more from. There's one more. I think, Josh from Davey. Some, he is Josh there. Yeah, Davey. you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ninth on. Uh, sorry, seventh on the list for the the bowlers. Uh, would, would would Will Rhodes be there batting? Yep, he is there on the list. He's at fifth on the list as well. I'll run you through. We could be we could be here for a while because it was a fairly <laughs> early exit from the competition. With regards to the run scorers, Alistair Cook's there at the top with 563. Jake Libby in second, 498. Tom Lamaby, 459. Uh, ben Slater for Leicestershire and Nottinghamshire, 425. Will Rhodes, 423. Ben Duckett, 394. Alex Lees, 386. Tom Abel, 386. Uh, Daryl Mitchell, 384, and Colin Ackerman as well is there with 379. It's running through the top 10 list of the wicket takers in this year's Bob Willis Trophy. Simon Harmer with 38, Craig Overton, 30, Darren Stevens, 29, Jamie Porter, 27, Tim Murta, 25, Oliver Hannon Dolby, 25 as well, Josh Davey, 24, uh, Araverdi with 22, Harry Podmore, 19, and Joe Leach with 19 as well. So that's it. The last from the Philian beat the guest quiz of the season, and Callum unfortunately rather petered out towards the back end of the campaign. Started strong, what Callum. What do I win? What uh, do I win? You you win the reputation, <laughs> Annie, of beating the guest, which I have to say, is, at the and start of the season, halfway through the season, was a very good reputation indeed. I think it was about seven three over the ten weeks. So yeah, I think it was maybe six three. So are you I'll counting Ed Hyde's loss <laughs> on your on, on yourself there? I can't. I can't. I can't have that on my, <laughs> on my record. Well, Annie, you can walk Although away. That was a mauling. Well, it was, yeah. Good old Nick Taylor for the Cambridge University captain beating Ed Hyde there. Annie, congratulations <laughs> once again. Thank you. And uh, thank you for all your coverage and help throughout the, the summer. It's been great to chat to you, great to get the insight on the county circuit. And uh, fingers crossed, look forward to chatting to you again next season. Yeah, look forward to it. Thanks, right. Annie. Cheers, then. Annie Chave there from County Cricket Matters magazine. Callum Guest here with us. Andy Haywood from Fenditton and Dan Heath from Sourceland and Abraham will be joining us next uh, in just uh, a little bit. Callum, just your your overall thoughts. They're not 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 too not too happy. 
Nah, it's a, <laughs> I thought I had that one. Yeah, to be, I think, like I say, not, Lewis, not to be. No, Lewis Gregory was eleventh uh, on the list, and uh, I have to say, I was quite relieved when I read the wickets at the end that I'd missed him off, and he was going to be there, and I'd have to read everything. But yeah, he he wasn't on the list. I can confirm that. So unfortunately, Callum finishes with a, a loss. However, a pretty strong performance across the whole uh, campaign. Anyway, as I said, up next we'll be debating what the scene of Cambridgeshire cricket looks like uh, next season. From the Pavilion on Cambridge 105 Radio. Yeah, welcome back to From the Pavilion here on Cambridge 105 Radio. Just to update you what's coming up next. The station is Tim Willett with a new music generator, as ever, on Cambridge 105 Radio, 7 until 9 tonight. He presents Cambridge 105 Radio's flagship show dedicated to local and unsigned music, featuring the latest unsigned chart as well. Right, uh, let's debate... Uh, what cricket looks like in Cambridgeshire next year. Before I do, just run through the uh, the cricket scores going on in the world at the minute. I say in the world because there's an IPL match and Rajasthan Rules needs 70 runs to defeat Kolkata Knight Riders from 2.2 overs. Now, there was a player for Rajasthan Rules the other day, and forgive me for not knowing his name, it was Tawire or something, I'm not too sure. But they, the equation was 51 off three overs, Rajasthan Rules, and he must have smacked, well... Five or six sixes, I think, or well, five sixes off of Sheldon Cottrell's over, over, and then the Rajasthan Rules went on to win. I think seventy off two point two is probably slightly out of his reach, though. Uh, that eight wickets down as well. That was it, Tawatia. That was his his name. Um, so it looks like that's slightly out of reach for Rajasthan Rules. Australia women are taking on or have taken on New Zealand women. Great to see some cricket as well uh, in Australia. New Zealand women defeat Australia women by five wickets, and England women against West Indies women is delayed at the minute due to rain. Uh, now let's chat local and delighted to welcome Andy Haywood and Dan Heath on the show. Andy from Fenditton and, of course, Dan from Source and Bayram. Thanks very much for coming on, guys. No problems. Pleasure, Ollie. Great to have you on. Uh, you, you, you sound a bit more excited, guys. You all right? Sorry, mate. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I'm actually in bed, mate, under the weather a little bit, <laughs> so I'm picking myself up to be here right now. Are you? OK, well, yeah. thanks very much for coming on. It must be your uh, return to football, which is causing your, your yeah, illness. Yeah. Your cold, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what playing centre back? Um, uh, <laughs> let's uh, chat local cricket then. And uh, I usually prepare a fair bit of notes for this sort of debate section, or just a few pointers. But I've literally got one statement: What does Cambridgeshire cricket look like next season? So it's a, a non-scripted debate for the final part of the show. Let's start with you, Callum. Assuming let's let's put a bit of context to this. Assuming that um, all is all is well-ish health-wise in the world, and we're able to have a, a full season from April through to September with no sort of restrictions. How much, I guess, of, of what we've learnt from this shortened season would you like to see introduced in next season? What are the, the key things that you'd like to see brought across? I suppose formats, I think we speak about it every week, almost on the show, just about formats at the, the lower down the levels you go, um, trying to engage more players to play the game. Um I think we might see a few more mergers over the winter winter period uh, between clubs, just as the numbers started to drop a little bit. I'm not sure with the I'm not sure if it was the formats or the fact that they couldn't actually get sides out, but there were a couple of teams that had dropped out of the respective groups quite early on into the process. So I'm not sure if it needs to be a look into some clubs merging together just to create numbers. Sure. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I guess the the, the ad is. Thing with that as well is always football season comes around sort of September time, doesn't it? Which is often which causes sides to falter away. Uh, surprisingly, Bluntsham had a, a playoff game against Histon Threes and they pulled out, which was a surprise given they're generally pretty strong. If you'd imagine 
perhaps they were aware of football, you don't know. Uh, Dan, let's let's bring you in first of all. Likewise, similar question. What did you enjoy, firstly, about the East Anglian Premier League this season and uh, and could it be brought across to 2021? Well, look, for us it was our first experience of cricket at that level and playing in that league and obviously... Um, the kind of set out rules were to be two formats for us, um, which obviously didn't go ahead, which actually I think in hindsight definitely favoured us. Um, a lot of us have just played pretty much exclusively 50 over cricket for a long time. Um, and actually it suits a lot of the players in our side. So I'd be interesting to see if, if it is just the one format, the kind of vibes and hearsay that I've heard is, is that it will be reverting back to two formats, which actually on a completely personal level and actually probably do speak for the lads as well is, you know, we want a good crack at that two formats. I know people can say that the longer format's quite negative and doesn't encourage, you know, positive cricket. But, you know, I think a few of us feel like we've kind of earned the right to, to do something a little bit different um, on a Saturday and get the whites back on and stuff like that. So, I mean, whichever way we go, whether they revert the type and do two formats or stick to 50 overs, I'm not, we're not really too fussed, to be honest. Andy, from your point of view at Fen Ditton, um, and the reason we got Andy on from Fenn was really just to get a view from different ends of the spectrum. No disrespect, but obviously with Sauce and Abraham towards the top and Fen Ditton competing in the CCA leagues. Andy, what's your take on the cricket you've played uh, this season and potentially what you, you might get to look forward to next season? Uh, well, we had, we had um, an entry into the CCA mini-leagues. Uh, unfortunately... We had a number of first-teamers not making themselves available for a variety of reasons. So we fielded pretty much a second team, which would have been in Division 5 of the Junior League had things gone ahead. Uh, but we found ourselves up against four opponents who all would have been in Division 1. So from a results point of view, um, it was all a bit one-sided. But on the flip side of that, we were all really glad to be able to get out onto the pitch and have a game and we were able to arrange for ourselves some Sunday friendlies in July which went ahead and with sort of hand-selected opposition they they were all kind of close-ish games much much better um, for a club like ours much better for bringing junior players through and I understand you've had your, your, your committee meeting last night at, at Fenditton. Is there any indication that those first teams, perhaps who weren't playing the year just gone, whether they'll be back around for 2021? Uh, I think that's probably unlikely. Um, Why do you think that is? I, th I think there are just um, all, all the reasons that every club will, will say. There are, there are things like what start time, what end time, what duration of games... The age demographic of your club can dramatically affect the availability of players. I, I think overall, and it's probably not just cricket, I think it's probably other sports, um, you're, you used to be able to ask somebody, can you play next Saturday? And they'd give you a straight answer. I think nowadays, it's is anything better going to come up? And if it doesn't, yeah, OK, I'm, I can play. So let's talk about regionalisation then, uh, because it happened in the CCA leagues um, with, I guess, teams being... Or, or the, the leagues that you were in being split into more locally and, and likewise in the APL. Let's start with the, the Premier League. Dan, you're in North and South groups. you like that or are you quite happy just to, to play, what is it, 12, 12 teams in the in the full league? Yeah, I mean, we, we all, I'd much rather play a full league, play all the teams. There's a, 
an acceptance that if you're playing at that, the best level of club cricket, there's an acceptance when it comes to travel. And to be honest with you, that's all kind of part of it. I think of the, the games this year where we've had to travel away, you know, and we got a win, i.e. Frinton away, you know, it, it, we kind of embraced that travelling aspect and we looked forward to it. And we were very, you know, keen to, you know, to, to kind of grasp that and not have it as, oh, you know, two hours in the car, Frinton's a long way, etc. <laughs> so, yeah, we'd be more than happy to go back to the full 12-team league and, and, and play everybody twice if we can. And hearing what Andy had to say, Callum, um, do you feel that the localisation of, of leagues and, and making it, I guess, less further to travel, he also, Andy touched on start time as well, being potentially an issue, do you see those things being adjusted for next season? Well, I think they need to be. Um, we had the same conversation last week with the Triple A women's side and the fact that they have to travel, you know, two hours potentially, an hour and a half to go and play a game. How, you know, how are you attracting, you know, females or males in this instance, you know, to travel that far when they potentially never play cricket before? It's a, it's a big, it's a big ask. Whereas, you know, instead of saying I'll oh, travel an hour away to play, you know, two hour round trip and play a forty over game, taking X amount of hours out of your day. You know, for a newbie coming into the game, instead of saying, you know, the furthest we've got to travel is 15, 20 minutes, um, we're going to play a 30 over a side game, coloured kit, make it a bit more exciting. Um, it's surely a better way to go and a more attractive proposition to, you know, youngsters or people getting back into the game. Bandy, I guess we're under no illusions that these things have been spoken about for a, for a while now. You know, we, we often have these debates about start time and, and uh, regionalising the leagues and, and formats, etc. Why do you think? Perhaps they haven't been brought in then, if, if, it, if it sounds like potentially those are the issues and that's why the reasons for, for people leaving the game. Um, I think one of the issues is that um, in, in, in the, the CCA is a reasonably democratic organisation. They give us all a vote as to what, what we want to change or more often the vote is not to change anything. Well, it took long enough just to, to move to a minimum of five bowlers to be used instead of four. <laughs> um, so I think when they bring up the ideas that they've had, it comes before the meet, rules meeting in November and then the AGM in February. And because teams are not mandated to turn up to the November rules meeting, you then get somebody who doesn't really know what's going on may not have spoken to his own club members, turns up to the February AGM and just votes against most things that are change. There seem to be a lot of people who just resist change. Um, in some ways I can understand that because there might be clubs who have got people who work on a Saturday morning and it becomes difficult to get there for the start time so they don't want earlier starts. I think equally now, people are beginning to work on Saturday evenings. It used to be just primarily the younger members perhaps wanting to get get finished and get out for the evening. Um, so you've got issues at both ends of the day, really, um, and, and any excess travelling obviously doesn't help with that. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's an interesting point, Andy, you say about um, potentially the people who are being put forward to turn up at at the, the meetings and the meetings that matter with regards to rule changes, formats, etc. Reminds me of something Les Mills, the uh, the March Town chairman, came on and, and, and said earlier on and said that generally it seems to be the older older members of cricket in the area that, that, that make the decisions um, or, or potentially what he was meaning to say was put forward to those 
uh, meetings to make make the calls. I guess, Dan, Ollie, are we... Um, Ollie, do you, can I, Ollie, can I add something there quickly? Yeah, yeah, sure, go on. Um, I always wonder if whether the having an AGM for cricket in November or February is ever the smartest move <laughs> because, you know, it couldn't be further away from people's mindset in November what's going to be happening in April, May. You know, to, to me, to have a, an AGM, let's say it was August for the following year, at least cricket's fresh, at least people are thinking about it and at least they're a bit more engaged. It just seems to me, chuck it in November, people want to get home quickly, they don't really engage. <laughs> Whereas, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've had it during the season when people are thinking about cricket, you're more likely to get more constructive, you know, and, and fresh thoughts. That's just my opinion. And, and the question I was going to ask you is similar to that, in that it said, so seeing what Andy's saying and, and also what Les touched on earlier in, our, in, our, in the season when he came on the show, was that trying to, I guess, safeguard the game for the, the future generation because... And there's obviously the old, the older people, perhaps who make this decision, like Andy and Les say, say they do. Uh, obviously, they put so much into the game, and this isn't being disrespectful to them at all. But generally, if you if you want to look after the future of the game, you have to cater for what the younger people want. And I guess potentially that's what isn't coming across in these league meetings. I guess not. But the, the way the way I see it is, and Andy just mentioned there about people working in the mornings or working the evenings. I guess it just if you want to play cricket badly enough, then you wouldn't do those things. Um, you know, and, and I understand people have to work Saturdays or they want to go out Saturday nights or whatever it might be. But ultimately, you know, if you wanted to play, it, you, you know, that's what you want to do. Um, as opposed to the, the, the youngsters, yeah, you do have to listen. Um, it's, a, it's a risk because what they might say in November, you know, by the time May comes around, you know, they might not be interested in cricket anymore or, you know, not, not keen to be part of whatever's been, um, been put out there. So... Yeah, it's probably a balancing act somewhat, but um, yeah, you do have to listen to, to what the future has to say. Some of the things we discussed, Callum, throughout the year with regards to format was whether we shorten it or give the option to play a shorter format in the CCA leagues, um, whether it be on the day, on the Saturday, throughout different parts of the season. Another thing we touched on as well was a playoff system because that was introducing the Whiting's division next year. Do you see any of these being introduced? Or perhaps a better question is, would you like to see any of these introduced uh, across what levels of cricket? Well, I suppose it should be down to, you know, if you talk about the AGM, I, I totally agree with Dan's point that it should be, you know, when people, it's fresh in people's minds. Also, that way, if it's done during the season, then you'll probably get more playing representatives at the, at the meetings rather than it being done by people that are off the field and aren't really in with slight reality probably, in terms of travelling, etc., and stuff like that, the logistics behind it. Um, yeah, I suppose it all comes down to whether or not teams in the different, you know, sections have found it a success, and if it's worked better than better for them than, uh, you know, the old format. And Andy, from your point of view, in the, the CCA leagues, a lot of people we generally get on throughout the show to, to chat about the formats are from the top end, if you like, of the CCA leagues, or the Campton Hunts Premier League, etc., or East Anglian Premier League. For yourselves, Fend it, and you play... Uh, generally around the CCL leagues and a bit lower as well. Um, what are your thoughts on the the whole debate around perhaps potentially playing a shorter fight, whether it be T20 for, say, five games in the middle of the season or, I don't know, going to 30 overs or 35, that sort of thing throughout the, the for next season? Uh, well, from a purely Fenditton point of view, we, we did survey so a lot, a, bit, a bulk of our players who came back saying they favoured playing 40 overs, which... I found a little bit surprising, but they kind of see Saturday afternoon as when you play 
if you like, real cricket. Um, we are quite closely linked with a midweek team called Sharks. So that's where a lot of our players get their 20 over, 15, 8 ball over cricket is is on college grounds midweek. Uh, and they see the 40 over on Saturday as being this, I wouldn't like to say more serious, but um, just a, a longer format of the game. The thing I would say about the, the mini leagues we had this year is if, if there's one thing to be taken from them, I liked the fact that before the start, the captains could agree on a really flexible, how many overs do we want to play today? Yeah. You know, what's the weather looking like? What sort of, if it's cloudy, is it going to get dark early? Is it this, that or the other? And you could shorten it to a 10-10 game if you wanted to. And we've never been given that sort of um, option yeah, freedom. in yeah. previous years. Yeah, so it's, it's a really interesting point. Um, with regards to, uh, Dan, with regards to, as I said, the shorter format, I guess um, talking about this, that the general thing you have to keep coming back to is is what is the the point, really, of the of the CCA leagues? What is the point of the Camden Hunts Premier League and the EPL? What are they serving? I guess for the top league, the Premier League, it's to, to create that, that level between potentially your, your club cricketers and then, say, your counties, your national county cricketers like Cambridgeshire. Um with regards to then the the Camps Premier Leagues and below CCA, is it really just about you know having having a game of cricket on the weekend? It's a hobby. It's about having fun, enjoying it with your mates. Well, look, I can't I can't speak for the guys that that do so, um, and I'm sure every team is very different in terms of their ambitions and their ethos. Um, I would say that cricket is one of those sports where you probably get the biggest mixture of reasons for playing, and even not just individual level, but from a club's perspective as well. You know, there'll be teams in senior one or I mean even the guys at St Ives last year you know just come up to Tucker one and talking about Premier League cricket already like they'll be sort of few and far between so everyone's different their motive for playing every team's motive is different I'm sure in the same team three or four people want one thing and four or five want something else so yeah everyone everyone's different as long as you can find a place to play which matches your ambition or your motive for playing then there's no right or wrong answer really. Callum looking forward to next year already? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it should be good. Um, when the wind that does start again? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. That, ask your skipper, Dan. Um, well, we got a little bit of football to play first, boy, oh. um, and then we're back. We're back in. We're back in January. Back in January on Sunday nights. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. Can't wait. Actually, I'm. Sonny didn't ask me, but gone. I'm on. So um, I'm. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think we've um, got. We've got a lot to look forward to. Good. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Dan. Andy, thank you very much for coming on as well. All the best for well, next season. And we'll stay safe and well as well. Callum, as ever, thank you very much for your content and contribution throughout the season. That's pretty much all we've got time for on From the Pavilion. It's pretty much all we've got time for for this season. If you've enjoyed it, thank you very much for listening. Let us know on social media at FTP Cricket 105 on Twitter and Facebook is the place to find us. Up next on Cambridge 105 Radio is Tim Willett with the new music generator. That's from till 7 until 9 tonight. We've got sports coverage over the next few days. I'll be back on Saturday with the Cambridgeshire Football Show starting at 1pm. From the terraces, Tim and the team round up all the action from the weekend and preview the women's fixtures. That's Sunday at 1pm. And next week, next Wednesday, the 105 Sports Special returns. A general look at all the sporting stories, news and community features around the county. Thanks very much for tuning in throughout the summer and just into autumn as well. Hope you've enjoyed it. Whatever you're doing, stay safe and well. And you hear from a cricket point of view from us next season. 
Cambridge.